if you listen to last week's show about the Enneagram, stay tuned today and find out why you are the number that you are. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Status Life with Lita on Business Radio X. I'm the host of the show, Derek Hayes. I'm here to introduce the star of our show, Miss Lita Brooks Hayes. Hello. Hello, Lita. Hi, hi. So last time you made Mrs. fun of me about- Mrs. Hayes. <laughs> That's right. I know, I know. Listen, we can only introduce this so many times, okay? Well, but we're talking about the I just think it's funny because you get you grin like yeah, a little boy. He likes to, the Hayes part because we right. got married. I'm getting picked on already. We haven't even started the show. So Lita has been working as an interior designer for over 20 years. She's incredibly talented and has branched out and opened multiple retail stores and is now blogging and podcasting full time. If that wasn't enough, Lita is a mother of two and now two more and devotes her time to teaching others how to achieve their goals and live life to the fullest. She sums it up best in her branded hashtag, Design Your Life. We are broadcasting today live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio in the Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. Status Life with Lita is brought to you by Business Radio X and the law office of Derek M. Hayes. Injured in Georgia, make the right call to 404-777-HURT. All right, you ready? I'm ready to jump in. Okay. Well, we introduced her last week, but I'm going to let you introduce her again today. Absolutely. Welcome back to the show, Dr. Nikki Tobias. Thank you. Thank you. It's been so much fun. Woo, it mm. is, because this topic is so fascinating, so and you are such an expert, and I appreciate oh, that. You. But I want to ask you informally, what do you go by? Are you Dr. Nikki, Dr. Tobias? You have a PhD. Yeah, so yeah. what do... When I taught at UGA, my students had to call me Dr. Tobias. When I teach in recovery <laughs> and uh, in addiction recovery and out in the world, um, Dr. Nikki has just become, you know, like Dr. Phil. I don't know. Yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah. so fun because it's like equally, I think, respectful and caring, personal. like informal. And yeah, 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 yeah. And I feel like, you know, my platinum blonde hair with the pink, it's sort of the Dr. Nikki thing works. It's so perfect. I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah. yeah, whatever. It is. What I think it'll that's be. how I referred to you to Derek. Like, oh, okay. Dr. Nikki's coming yeah, on. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it has okay. a ring to it. It's okay, right? It feels good. Absolutely. Yeah, sure. Okay. All right. So, this is part two yes. in our Enneagram series. Yeah. So, on the first show, we really unpacked what the Enneagram is really gave some resources on where our listeners can take the test. I really encouraged everybody go take the test. And we talked about so many of the numbers. I think in some level we hit on almost every single one. I don't think we got to a one, but Mm -hmm. we, we unpacked most of the numbers just in conversation. Mm -hmm. Go back and listen to that. So Mm -hmm. if you're picking up on, this is uh, the second list, this could be your jump off point because we are going to really start unpacking why you are the number that you are. Right. And I thought this was interesting. So I'm going to say this and then turn it over to you. You mentioned to me when we were laying out the shows, Mm -hmm. this specific portion is where people back away, shy Mm -hmm. away. This Mm -hmm. is more the uncomfortable part. Yeah. Well, you know, I think, I think, uh, again, we, we love learning about ourselves. I said, you know, I, I love taking all those like magazine, whatever, a little tests uh, when I was in my teenage years. Um, but the truth is we all came to be who we are out of some combination of nature and nurture, right? The, the environment and the way that, that we were raised and the people in our lives. But the way that Enneagram plays out is it's it's in reaction, your number, your the tools you have, the tool belt that you wear, in, in my analogy, um, comes from a trauma you experienced in childhood or you perceive you experienced. So um, for some people, they really struggle because they think they had an incredible life and nothing ever went poorly but then when we dig in it's like maybe that didn't feel like trauma to you but 
your you know knee high to a grasshopper little kid brain made it mean a bunch of things because sure. you know all sorts of things happen when you're a kid that you learn great things from and that we learn some incorrect things from and so you know it's it's almost like you put on this pair of glasses these goggles when you're teeny weeny and you just the rest of the, your life you will view the world through those lenses so um, I mean it's okay and and you know for for mine I feel like yep that absolutely hits the nail on the head and, and just for to a, re, re, go back to yours yes you were an eight i am an eight wing very seven. clearly an eight yeah very clearly an eight wing seven and so if you uh, it, you know if you went and googled childhood trauma um or enneagram and childhood trauma you'll find lots of, of different places but um the one i'm reading from it says these children often grew often grew up in an unsafe environment emotionally and or physically and had to mature way too soon they didn't feel safe to show any vulnerability and may have felt controlled weakness was used against them so they focused on building their strength and so now in the world like what like I was an absolute like bull in a china shop in my 20s and like in a lot of ways it really worked I mean I went through school I had some amazing jobs I got a PhD you know I I did a lot of things I wanted to do um, but I I haven't in my whole life had the closeness and the intimacy and some relationships I wish I would have because or still wish I had because people see that fierceness they see that protectiveness they see that strength and they think oh she's good like she doesn't need to be sure. cared for. There, there isn't like like they. If, if somebody doesn't really know me well, they don't understand that eights have these giant hearts, and that really I'm just trying to protect my little kid self that's still in my uh, now adult body wants to be protected. And I just learned really early on I was the only one going to do it, and so now I've got to do it, right? But again, it, the cost of that, what it costs me sometimes, is really intimate relationship and partnership because people see that external part of me and think oh she wouldn't be the one that needs anybody to check on her or see if things are okay or want to offer nurture and care um and so then some people don't like then take the time to get to know all the layers of the onion you know like we were talking about and for twos derek we found out um or we believe you to be a two or you identify as a two and it says these children felt loved only if they were helping or pleasing others Um, their personal needs felt selfish as a result they closed off their own needs and feelings and turned to those of others love became defined as giving to others um, though the love often didn't feel received or reciprocated and so you know twos are wonderful because they're so generous and kind and caring and they do want to provide to people before those people even know they have a need but the the shadow side to that because every good thing in our whole lives has a shadow side right the (laughs) shadow side to that is um twos don't often know what they need because they're busy anticipating everybody else's needs so if you ask a nine who's a peacemaker who's absolutely conflict avoidant or you ask a two what do you need what do you want and they say i don't know that's probably really true for them. They probably aren't trying to avoid your question. Um, and so what we all can do to help people get healthier in their nineness or their two-ness is to give them space to figure that out and to, you know, to not, we eights want to push, well, well, we think, I think you should do this and this and this, and your life would be better if you do X, Y, and Z and da 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 And a two's like, whoa, like, <laughs> that's a lot. I don't know what I need. Um, and then, but we eights don't want to be told what to do. Like, don't, I, I'm like, I've been parenting myself for a really long time. Don't think you're coming to my world to tell me how this is going to go today. Right. And so there's like, we just have to know those kind of trigger points. And so if somebody came and maybe they really are loving, want to love on me and offer me some advice, the way that they do that, again, is going to be the difference between internalizing that or us having a fight and me 
left swiping you. And for twos, it's like wanting to encourage and give room and space for you to figure out what you need and to then be super supportive of you getting your needs met and just having clarity about that, what that is without us forcing on you what we think you need. So it's really interesting because uh, you unpack it, I'm hearing what you're saying, and I'll just give a little mini example of this as Mm -hmm. Derek and I being a couple. So because he's such a strong two, he always wants to help, he always wants to please, but I'm coming in as a new wife, Mm -hmm. right? We now Mm -hmm. live together, and he has a very hard time even asking anything of me. He works late Mm -hmm. most nights of the week and Mm -hmm. he'll come home and he'll be starving. Mm -hmm. I will lovingly get up and make him something to eat, Mm -hmm. but he won't even accept that Mm -hmm. as a gift. He Mm -hmm. would rather me do whatever I'm doing. This is usually 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night Mm -hmm. without saying, can I make you a sandwich? Or here's a plate or, or I will do this as your wife who's been home all evening. I fed the kids. We've done homework. That's my point of him not even knowing what he needs. Mm-hmm. Um, I would well, be happy to, to, to do not, your laundry, but he he would never he would never ask. He's to not be so the burden. people pleasing, and yeah, he doesn't not be want the burden. to burden me. Even That's though exactly I work yep. from home most not every day, but most days I can run loads of laundry, and right. it could be overflowing. He would never ever ever ask. Hey, could you could you run some laundry for me while you're at the house today? But that's my point. He's mm-hmm. so selfless. But yet he has needs that I would love to help with yeah. just as his person. But this is the language then that helps you all have this yes. conversation. Yes. That's yes. the point. That you didn't yes. necessarily have the language for before because, um, you know, he doesn't want to be a burden. His concern, and again, a lot of the times this isn't even a conscious awareness until you know the Enneagram. Right. That like, I don't want to be a burden because my perception from kidhood is if I ask for anything, then I'm needy and like, I can't be needy. I just need to be pleasing. And, you know, and so for her to help you understand it isn't needy. Like one of the things I've said to a very good friend of mine who happens to be a two, he just broke his leg. He, he can't do all the thing and broke his femur. It was bad, bad. And um, he can't do all the things. And I'm like, here's what happens when you don't ask for what you need, or you don't allow other people to kind of show up for you. You're removing an opportunity for them to be loving. See? <laughs> right. I want to like, show up no, for I, you. I, yes, this I, is right. wonderful. Well, this I, Yes, I have a very, I have a couple of points here. One, (laughs) I want to get off on a side note real quick. (laughs) Yeah. We did a whole show about love languages. Oh, that was so good. We did a whole show. Yes. Did you know also, nobody knows about it, but there are actually five uh, apology languages. That would be a great show for you all to have too. So when it came to the love languages, I found that I was really strong in all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Every one of them. Yeah. So is that indicative of a two? Well, I mean, twos just want to be all things to all people. And so, I mean, I could see how that would come together. Like, if okay. I can love you in it, if I can love all the ways, then everybody's going to feel loved at some point, right? Sure. So that sense of I want to be all things to all people without ever feeling like a burden to anyone. But like I said, I'm trying to help my friend understand it isn't a burden at all. People want to love on you. And if you cut them off at the past, first of all, you only usually need to smack somebody's hand once, right? You tell <laughs> yes. that person no to that nice thing they're going to try to do. You have just taught them to stop offering to do nice things. And is that really who we want to be? No, of course not. We want people to keep offering, you know, to be nice and kind and generous. Um, but, you know, for me, I'll tell you, I think um, I am a, a Christian. I was not born and raised in the Bible Belt, so I'm learning. But 
I had a really, 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 really bad car accident the summer of 2019. I should not have walked away from that car. And I honestly, looking back now, think God wanted me to be more interdependent, wanted me to ask for some help and accept some help. But I just, I've been single a really long time. I've been super independent a really long time and I just handled it precisely almost to the day, a year and a half later, I had a house fire. I wasn't home. I was teaching, had a house fire, lost everything, was effectively homeless for a little while, lost a pet. You cannot have a house fire and not have help. I mean, I had perfect strangers going through my things and, and literally like folding my underwear and trying to decide what was salvageable and what needed to go in the trash and helping Mm -hmm. me get things to a storage unit. And I had this moment, a a very clear epiphany where I was like, okay, God, like you tried to nudge me a year and a half ago to accept some help. And I was like, I got this. I'm good. And so, so then the, the test, the struggle became exponentially larger such that I could not do it alone but what it taught me is people are wonderful perfect strangers came to my house to do great things that I would not have known that that was like possible in the world and I didn't get betrayed right like part of my learning as an eight was um, everybody isn't out to get me. Everything doesn't need to be hurtful. It isn't personal nearly as often as, as I think it is. It's usually not. Right. Yeah. Nobody I, thinks I about us as much as we lesson. think they think they are. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Right, right. Like they're just in their own, managing right. their own. I tell people all the time, your plate's full. And it's like, you're just busy looking at what's on your plate. You don't care what's on the buffet or anybody else's plate because you're managing what's right in front of you. And I think we get lost in that sometimes. You had another yeah, point I was gonna make that two you're points. trying to make. One yeah. was yeah. The, the love languages. Yeah. It's a yeah. tangent, but nonetheless, it, yeah. I see it applying here the other is when i read the childhood trauma and the description you had for the two i grew up as a preacher's kid yes in the parsonage system where the parsonage was typically next door to the church yeah so all hours of the day or the night we would have people within the church that would come to see my dad yes and i grew up seeing that as a family it wasn't just the preacher it was the preacher's family yes we went to every funeral we went to every wedding we were there for all the covered suppers i served on every committee and your mom tell my mom played the organ the piano was mm-hmm. in the choir the she secretary. would work at the, Asylum, family at the of office yeah and so i grew up in, in faith very strong in my faith but i see these things you know as, as a, it says these children felt loved only if they were helping and pleasing others yeah and as a family a preacher's family you're serving others yes. all the time well and what I, that's a great point to say here your parents never intended for that to be traumatizing for you right? right like lots of times again our kid brain made it mean some things that it might that may have been felt like a totally loving generous nurturing kind family that you're so proud to have been a part of and yet your brain made that mean if i need anything for myself it's a burden and it's selfish and we should be caring for others first and i did it because i was supposed to do it right and I'll, I'll again not to get off on too much of a tangent here but lita will tell you i will not go to somebody's house and not and take a bite of food until the host is not the host, but the hostess has taken her first bite. Mm. I will not fix my plate before every female in that room has fixed their he plate. He will not order in a restaurant. Before mm. every female at the table has ordered. I will mm. not, I, when she and I eat dinner, just the two of us at home, mm-hmm. I will not take my first bite of my plate until she's I'll taken I'll tease her. him. I'll hold the fork up. She will. <laughs> I will not take the first Did drink I take a bite? I mean, it's just comical now. But, but that's how I grew up. But yeah, even in a restaurant, kind. someone will say, oh, I'm still deciding, just go. And I'll say, nope, he's not going to. Don't even, you better decide because mm-hmm. he will. He won't take that. Oh, okay, I'll just go ahead and order. Not Derek. Mm-hmm. You know, he's mm-hmm. very um, set in his ways. 
as a as a two and, yeah. and learning all this. Yeah. When again, I mean, these are these are our childhood traumas. But I just want to make the point that that probably didn't feel traumatizing to you no, in the moment, but no. your kid brain made it mean something, and it plays out for you decades later. Sure. So, oh, I, I but that awareness, that. Right. I think, is so helpful. Right. 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 And there are things that Lita loves about the fact that you're a two. Yes. And there are some things about being a two that drive her nuts. Yes. There are some things you <laughs> love about her being an eight. And then there's some parts of her eightness that are like, oh, Lord, yeah. that's a lot. No, that's right. Not true. No. <laughs> As a people pleaser, she's right. so perfect. Right. All the time. Right. Yeah. Well, now's a great time. I hate to do it, but we do Let's need to take, take a our quick commercial, commercial break. break. We'll, we'll be right back. Hey everyone, Lita here. I want to share an opportunity for all my listeners to become a part of the show. As you know, the Status Life with Lita podcast is a teaching podcast. I take all of life's big topics such as stress, marriage, divorce, co-parenting, weight loss, living a healthy lifestyle, entrepreneurship, parenting, and grief. I've also taught the difference between an interior designer and a decorator, design trends, and how to make a house a home. If you listen to any or all the shows and you have a story to tell, I want to hear it. Please go to Status Life with Lita on Facebook or Instagram, give the page a like, and send me a direct message about how the information in the podcast helped you. Each person whose story gets shared on the podcast will receive a $50 Visa gift card. I will contact you personally to let you know you've been chosen and to get your address to mail the card. I love my listeners, and now it's time for you to become a part of the show. I have a second chance to win. If you have an idea for a show topic I have not yet covered, you can also submit an entry for a chance to win. If chosen, you will receive a $25 Visa gift card. Thanks for listening, everyone, and I can't wait to read your stories. Hello, everyone. As a listener of the Status Life with Lita podcast, you already know I'm attorney Derek Hayes. I've been practicing law in the state of Georgia now for over 26 years. My firm specializes in cases involving personal injury, catastrophic injury, nursing home abuse, and any other situation where someone was injured by the negligence of others. As I've said before, if insurance companies ever resolve claims the way they should, I'd be out of a job, but I'm not worried about that happening. Did you know insurance adjusters are trained to pay you as little as possible to protect their company's bottom line? They say they're genuinely concerned about you, but really the goal is to settle the claim with you for far less money than you deserve. My job is to make sure they pay the full value of your claim and nothing less. You can speak directly with me by calling my office at 404-777-HURT, visit my website at DerekMHayes.com, or check out my social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And be sure to catch my podcast, Injury Insider with Derek Hayes, wherever you enjoy your favorite podcast. I look forward to speaking with you. Welcome back. Before we went to the break, we were discussing childhood trauma. So let's go a little deeper with that and exactly what that means as far as the Enneagram, how that applies to, to what we've discussed. Yeah, I mean, I think where, where people sort of get a little wonky about it is that we feel like trauma had to be a bad thing. And lots of people tell me I had an amazing childhood. I had fantastic parents. I had great grandparents. Um, you know, we were never homeless. We didn't struggle for food, etc. But as you know, our kid brains can only process so much. And so um, different things happen to people. And then your kid brain made meaning of it. And then it's kind of like you put goggles on and you view 
the rest of your life through those goggles. You'll never take those goggles off. So it is that kind of lived experience as a kid that um, that has us create some uh, core fears and core motivations that has us, um, you know, sort of view the world a certain way that then becomes our Enneagram number. So, um, you know, for us eights, um, it was we need to be really independent and take good care of ourselves. We're, we're just not sure that, um, that anybody else will do that well and we're gonna do it ourselves. And so we become really pretty independent, um, which has a lot of blessings, but it also sometimes, it, every blessing has a shadow side, right? That's and there's a, some downside to being super independent. Extremely interesting. I wanna unpack Derek, just a hair on this. <laughs> no, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. you had a very unique childhood. Yes, um, yes. You were you know, the son of a preacher, your mother, mm-hmm. secretary of the church, organist, you lived in a parsonage. A parsonage. Typically next door. Uh, to I the forgot church. that word mm-hmm. in the moment. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so that has very much shaped you. And I want Dr. Nikki to really unpack the why behind that. Because again, it's it's a little different. I grew up, you know, in suburbia and very vanilla, you know, nothing wrong, but mm-hmm. but Derek's is a little different. And yeah. and it makes him a very, very solid two, if sure. you'll unpack the why. Yeah, so so the way twos interpret the world is that they have to love on other people um, first in order for people to love them in return. And when you think about a pastor's life, it isn't just the pastor often involved in pastorship, right? It's like, like the whole family is part yes. of that. And, and so you imagine then the families go into the weddings or the families go into the funerals and, and the did. families at, you know, Wednesday night church and Sunday morning church. And everybody's kind of in that, um, almost like the snow globe, right? Like everybody's watching yep. you in, in the fishbowl. But what you learned was, um, we are of service first. Correct. And that, um, that, that what your dad did, but then I think the ripple effect is what your family did was be of good service. And you got really affirmed for that. And you got a lot of acknowledgement and a lot of appreciation. And people knew you and came to expect that. And so your kid brain made it mean... Uh, be of service first, love on other people, and then they'll love on you in return. And now you live that uh, day to day. In fact, my first job ever, I was a custodian at the church back, man, I was in fifth or sixth grade. Mm -hmm. I was sweeping floors, mopping floors, setting up tables, unlocking doors on Sunday morning. But we were also a one car family. Right. So whenever we did go anywhere, vacation, whatever, we always had to come back home. Well, that's the part I was going to say. Okay, think about being a kid, and this yeah. is your family trip, and there were four of you. So you've got all four, your kids four, in the car. Four kids. Four so kids. That's what I meant. Right. Four of you. Sorry, four kids in this family, and you get to the beach. Yeah. You're there, and unfortunately, a funeral happens. And I mean, oh, that's just everybody so, packs up yes, and heads so back. Yes, so selfless, and and yeah. yet completely the norm for you sure. and for your family. Right. So right. I will say. At, since the first show, this is show number two, and you had sent us home with some homework to mm-hmm. start looking at the traits. Pay attention. And you know how right. many times this week since the last show that we mm-hmm. said, oh, that's a two, or mm-hmm. I did this because I'm an eight. Mm-hmm. And so the other night, I'm on one sofa, and I'm tucked in. I got a pillow on my lap with my laptop on top of, of it. I got papers everywhere because, mm-hmm. you know, there's what we do. never yeah. a dull moment. Well, my laptop died. I didn't even ask him. It, this wasn't even a, would you do this? He was all tucked in on his sofa, mm. and he's watching sports. Without thinking, he got up, removed his pillows, removed his blankets, just to plug my laptop in. And I said, mm. what are you doing? I thought he was getting up, you know, to go yeah, get a get drink a, of water. Yeah, get a snack, whatever. And he goes, yeah. well, you said your laptop died. I said, well, I didn't ask you. Mm-hmm, I would have mm-hmm. done that on mm-hmm. my own I would have plugged my own computer in mm-hmm. he noticed it he heard me uh, you know give that 
expression that's that's the two and he never thought about it yeah he never never thought about about it it. and I think it's a fine line Lita I think you know we we eights uh want twos to have a backbone but sometimes then in that frustration we um stop honoring um just how gracious and kind it is right so it will always be a battle for us as eights to be grateful for the twos generosity and for how giving and caring they are um, and balancing that with, but I also want them to have a backbone and stand up for themselves and not get bulldozed by everybody in their world who um, will take advantage of them. Yes. But what did I say though? I said, you remember, I'm a two. Exactly. <laughs> and we laughed about it. And, well, and, then and then we all language, recognize, right? you know, yes. Yeah, and we've that talked is, about that. And I love that. And I didn't really want to move, but I'm also very independent. So of course I would have plugged my laptop in so I can keep working. It's just one of those tiny minute moments. Had we not known about the Enneagram, and him a two and me an eight Mm -hmm. now these little tiny things are absolutely at the forefront and we can laugh about them right you know as opposed to fighting and I don't mean for you all necessarily but it's like again when we have this language and we can say is this your stress behavior or oh wow I'm so proud of you for doing your growth behavior Um, and to sort of chuckle about some of those things that we do so naturally without thinking about it because otherwise it could cause an argument that's just totally unnecessary and and can be divisive in our relationships but it's like when we know each other and why we do what we do we can have so much more grace and patience and I think grace and patience is the key in all relationships to keep you know sort of the wheels greased and the car moving we're going to move into relationships that's what I was about to say you're here Dr. Nikki to unpack us okay all right we're newly married (laughs) yeah we've been this uh coming April will be five years though that we've been together uh we think we work extremely well together. A little mm-hmm. bit of conflict resolution we could work on. Mm-hmm. But not knowing anything about us, um, you know a little. You know, yeah. we've been chatting and we've done some shows together. Uh, talk about a two and an eight yeah. and how they work as a couple. Well, and you all, um, we, we, we touched in uh, last week's episode about sharing a line. So that means we eights behave more like twos when we're in a really good space, but twos behave more like eights when they're stressed. And so um, we talked about Derek being in eight space often um, when he's really fighting for clients. So, sure. so there's the heartfelt part of, I want this person to be treated well. That's kind of that two energy, right? I want the right thing to be able to happen for them. I want good things to happen for them. But the eight is the fight part, like the moving against, Um, there's a certain way I want this to go and then we talked about your three wing is the sort of courtroom uh, vision of success there's certain things you know you want and you're fighting for them right so your two-ness like being um, an attorney and and an injury attorney it's it's a great opportunity for you because you have tools and all these tool belts that fit. If we go back to that tool belt analogy, right? We have all these tools in the tool belt that fit and that you get to use a lot of those tools, which I think that's when we're really fulfilled, right? When we find the places and the circumstances that the skills, talents and abilities we have really fit and that, but it also doesn't feel like assembly line ish. Like Mm -hmm. we're doing the same thing a thousand times a day. So it's not uncommon to have a work personality you know, that's driven by the Enneagram, the shared line, as opposed to the home personality. Yeah, I mean, you're going to be the same Enneagram number all the time, but I think it's about finding those opportunities to to learn and then to use the tools we have in our different tool belts because it provides some just diversity of experience and interactions with people. And then, like I said, I think our job is to become the best versions of ourselves that we can, and that's knowing when to use which tool, right? We talked about sure. my hammer is really great for hanging pictures, but not for fixing a toilet. And so knowing the tools you have in using them. But for you guys, I think what twos love about eights is that 
for an aide, it comes so natural to have strong boundaries, to stand up for ourselves, to advocate for others, to advocate for the underdogs. And, and twos, caring so much about caring for people, they want advocacy for the underdog too. And they love a, a strength and the, the sort of energy often that, a, that an eight brings. And so that part fits. And, but like I said, a two, or I'm sorry, an eight is going to get frustrated sometimes with a two about like, why did you let that happen? Or why are you giving so much of yourself in this situation? Like you're allowed to say no, or they didn't earn it. Or um, why are you doing so much for them? And you're not doing so much for us or for you or stand up for yourself already. Right. And again, that can be helpful for a two to an extent unless or until it's like we we just nag each other to death right about this person was whoever they were that we fell in love with and i think what often happens in marriage is we fall in love with certain things about the person and then however many years in that's the very thing you're trying to change about them and that is so not fair no it's not that is so not fair to the people that you know you loved that about them uh in the honeymoon period and when you were dating and it was all exciting and five years later it drives you nuts that's on you that's not on them but i think people do that We, we try to train other people out of what we don't like about them but that was the thing that we loved and then we're surprised that people are confused about why that's going down that way right we eights think that there's uh, kind of a right way to do things and we're very very strong-willed about how that's going to happen yes we are and uh and so we can be almost too forceful sometimes yes. and wanting it a certain way and so we then try to influence everyone everyone eights trying to influence everyone but we're going to especially try to influence a two to have a stronger spine to stand up for yourself to handle other people a certain way to do it my way because i've thought all about it and i know the right answer and why don't you just do it like that and the truth is there isn't any number on the Enneagram. There isn't any adult in the world that wants a bunch of other people telling them what to do. Right. <laughs> Nobody, even kids. Right. Yeah. Right. They'll get sure. defiant too. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. Wow. So I, I was thinking about this. You were at the office just yesterday and you heard me, overheard me talking Woo. to an adjuster on the phone. Woo. They were... And I so, felt bad for who he, I mean, I was in the other room. All of us were going, whoo, he just ruined somebody's day. Uh-huh. Man. Yeah. But that's why I asked the question about the eight being the work Enneagram number for me. Uh, it, like you said, it's it's where you step into that role and you pull from those tools yep. as an eight. I yep. mean, it is the polar opposite yeah. of his very sweet-natured personality yeah. Yeah. i mean he can get real scary mm-hmm. um so there's something in his tool belt that Derek, is, is that real exhausting sharp. for you is that what exhausting feels good in the moment you're doing what you need to do uh, no, not necessarily it's it's what i've done for 26 years now. maybe he just mm-hmm. knows it i mean that's again yeah. it's his career you know he's just used to it well and again i think you know the 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 stress number serves us i've told you all you know you're gonna hear other podcasts where they say we kind of go into this downward spiral of demise into our stress number but if you look at it the way i describe it that they're just other tools we can learn to use them appropriately sure. and learn to use them well so your eightness it sounds like you've been able to um, just really uh, put into your life in such a way, integrate, that was the word I was after, integrate it in such a way that it works when you need it and then you don't use it the rest of the time. And I've shared with you all, my eightness worked really well when I worked at the domestic violence shelter with judges and sheriffs and abusers. It was not the right answer at two in the morning with a family we just pulled out of a house. And I didn't know the Enneagram then, but I was so grateful I had two tools to be able to use in those scenarios that were more nurturing and caring and kind and calm and generous, right? And so there is a time and a place, and we all have all nine numbers, but again, there's just some natural inclination we're gonna have to move within the tool belts 
that we get to wear more often. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I think to your point, finding jobs or careers or even volunteer opportunities, like just different ways that we get to stretch into using some of those other tools in our tool belts and then figuring out like we can be good at things we didn't even know we could be good at. We sure. have tools we didn't know we had. And then, then though it's flexing, like we eights can use a hammer so stinking well, right? <laughs> like, cause we do that every day, mm-hmm. but it takes a little more adjusting for a two to learn how to use a hammer but it takes a little more adjusting if I'm not always using you know we were talking about electronics if I'm not always using the electronics tools then the person who works with electrical stuff every day is just going to be really more adept at that than it's good than me I'm going to have to learn that and so it sounds like over the years you've really learned how to use a hammer uh, you know sort of no pun intended with adjusters and other people I think for me as I'm unpacking myself though I feel like I'm a really solid eight across the board. Yeah. So with my career, I have those eight traits. As a mom, I have those eight traits. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. loving to everyone. I'm loving to my staff and, and anyone that's around. I'm loving to my kids. I'm loving to Derek, my friends. Mm-hmm. But I'm still strong. It's like I don't have such a opposite and I know everybody has the tool belts I, mm-hmm. I can see these mm-hmm. things but I just mean I'm an eight in every aspect yeah I'm, I'm a solid eight where right. he's a two at home mm-hmm. he's a two as a dad he's a two with his employees mm-hmm. but man he is a solid eight when mm-hmm. he's when he's in attorney mode mm-hmm. it's just it, I don't have that that I can see in myself so but let me offer that our our uh, our growth number, I think, is a more vulnerable place to be. So we've just talked about how he really steps into a stress number well, and that comes pretty naturally to him. We have not talked about him much related to this fourness, his growth number around um, being an individualist, caring a lot about his five senses, wanting things to smell pretty and look pretty and all that stuff. So it's easier for us as eights to go to our stress number of five to want to be alone and grounded and in the information and reflective and analytical than it is potentially to go into our more vulnerable growth number of a two. Mm-hmm. Does sure. that make sense? That makes perfect So you're sense. not comparing apples to apples when you say, um, like, I don't go to my two as easily as he goes to eight. Well, he, he, we are born strengthening our stress muscle because we all have stress often and remember i talked about good stress and bad stress mm-hmm. right so we have a much more natural inclination to have experienced stress and so then used more of those tools gotten more adept at using those tools than our growth number so the challenge then or the the invitation is for lita to lean more into that generosity that nurture that care that vulnerability that's the thing that we ate to protect ourselves from being really vulnerable and then derek's invitation is to lean more into what would it feel like to maybe not serve everybody else as much and be more individualist in terms of um the self-care piece okay that's right. his how do I take lower, better yes. care of yeah. myself sure. as opposed to taking care of everybody else sure. whereas we as eights are darn good at advocating for ourselves and our vulnerability is to take better care of others and I think I could say as a couple I have brought that to you as a strength and made you look at that and I can I say that yes, would you yes, agree with absolutely. that yes. yeah simply because I didn't I don't want to say I didn't take care of myself. I didn't do. It wasn't a priority. It wasn't a priority. That's a good way to say it. Yeah. From, you know, I I exercised when I coached sports. I didn't go to a gym and work out. Mm -hmm. 
I did exercise as I was helping others, mm-hmm. as I was doing that mm-hmm. number two role. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yep, of Absolutely. course. Yeah. So it wasn't independent of that, though. I wouldn't go on my own to do, you know, work out at a gym or those kind of things. Right. He would, but he said a lot. We've unpacked this before. Mm-hmm. You know, Derek had sole custody of his kids, so he had two young children. So it became about them. But that's a huge two. Everything became about them. And I said, you should have gone to play golf on Sunday. You mm-hmm. needed an outlet. Mm-hmm. You know, coaching mm-hmm. their sports, like that's only for them. That's so you can be there. That's so you can be involved. Why didn't you keep up with a friend group? And, you know, let but, me play devil's advocate. Of, though. I mean, that just all went, and that's okay. That's him, mm-hmm. you know, clearly. Mm-hmm. That's his nature. I knew that before. But the devil's um, advocate, though, is that he does feel good in being in service sure. to others, right? So even though he's coaching the kids' teams and it benefits the kids, it probably still felt really beneficial for him because he got quality time with the kids and he made memories with the kids and he was a part of their life in yeah. a different way. And he was consistent and steady and stable for them. Uh, and he got to be of service, yeah. which means he felt like they were then hopefully more appreciative. Other kids were like, oh, that he's the cool dad. You know what I mean? Like there was a lot that came in that too. Sure. It isn't only... For a two, it doesn't only feel self-sacrificial. It feels like this is what you do. Like you are of service. I love on other people. They love on me back. This is a fair trade. So it isn't sort of an all or nothing thing for you in that sure. in that way, I don't well, think. Well, I, I love sports. I love baseball. I love football, basketball, all of the above. And I've coached all of them. Mm-hmm. Now the thrill for me at this stage is I see, we were talking about this the other day, a college football game was on. And there were two kids that I had coached mm, in youth sports yeah. that were on the opposite teams. Yes. And it was like, oh, that's so yeah, fun. That's so and so. I coached him. And yep. then he tackled the other kid that I coached. Oh, my one goodness. plays defense, the other plays offense. Uh-huh. And it was that moment of, oh, yeah. And they kind of they know each, each other. other and, yes. You know, just made a comment, I'm sure, to each other in the moment. Yeah. But they're on opposite teams. And right. I coached both of those kids. Yeah, that's very So cool. it's rewarding for me. Again, yeah. I love the sport. I loved being involved in those kids' lives. Yes. I used to tell every kid I coached, if you make it the the – Pro Football Hall of Fame. The big leagues, the major somehow. League yeah. Baseball Hall of Fame. I expect you to have me on the stage <laughs> in yeah. your acceptance speech right. saying, that guy right there, yeah. that's why I am where I am. Yes. Uh, that funny. was the thrill. Yeah. I've coached a lot of UGA football players, most of the ones that are in the pros now since I started teaching. And I'm with you. I'm always like, gosh, I just wonder, um, you know, about the legacy that we all leave when we pour into other people's lives. Yeah. And I often, um, I've always said to them, if you ever need a life coach, Later in your life, you need a life coach. You know one. Um, give me a call. So that's fun. All right. I have one last question that I mm-hmm. want to ask. And we d- unfortunately have to wrap up. But we I have know. another show. I know. This so is exciting. the second of the Enneagram, the third show. Ooh, that's going to be a doozy. All right. My question is, there are very strong personality traits out there. You can be an extrovert. You can mm-hmm. be an introvert. You can mm-hmm. be a narcissist. That's mm-hmm. a big one, right? With mm-hmm. the big red flag over it. Do those general personality traits that you read about, hear about, do they usually go to one certain number? Could could I say, what are narcissists? Where do they fall? Do they all fall together somewhere? Or is it truly based on the childhood experiences, programming, trauma? How would you answer that? Yeah, so I have two answers there. I think narcissists can certainly be in any number on the Enneagram, but I also think um, we weren't really talking about narcissism I don't know, 20, 30, 40 years ago, right? I do think it's a incredibly overused phrase, right? As soon as somebody um, is focused on themselves and what they want and need, we call them a narcissist. And, and that is not 
you know, we're allowed, right, to have some clear, uh, clearly defined things that we want and need and to go after them. Um, but in terms of like introversion and extroversion, I do think like when we think about aggressive stances, the three, sevens and eights, often we are more extroverted. We're putting a lot of energy into the world. Um, the withdrawal sta- withdrawn stances, the fours, fives and nines tend to be um, maybe a little more introverted, right? They're a little more, um, you know, sort of reserved and, and sit back and watch. So, so some of those things I think can give you clues to uh, maybe what somebody's Enneagram number is but is more remember it goes back to what is your core fear and what is your core motivation because our behavior our action can be very very similar but the motivation is different and it's the motivation that determines your enneagram or your enneagram that determines your your motivation not sure if it's the chicken right. or the egg so which one's the life of the party <laughs> which one do you want to go hang generally out the sevens yes! are uh, really the yes. life of the party okay. sorry, yeah. you said two right yeah <laughs> I no, she said yeah. seven, and yeah. we have a solid seven right. coming on the next show. Yeah, and and sure. you will see why. Well, in and you and my wing are sevens, and that yeah. plays into you know yes. an eight wing nine shows up in the world very differently than an eight wing seven. So our sevenness um, is strong and bold. Yeah, how fun! <laughs> All right, well, I hate to do it, but we do need to wrap this. We episode do, up. we do. And I know you gave everybody your info in the first episode, yeah. but if you would recap all that, for sure. Everybody listening to this yeah, one. so Dr. Nikki Tobias and I, K K I T O B I A S. My business is called Grounded Vision. So groundedvision.net and Grounded Vision uh, on Facebook and TikTok. Grounded underscore Vision on Instagram. I'd love to hear what you're thinking of uh, of these podcast episodes. Absolutely. Uh, same. I am Status Life with Lita. This is the Status Life with Lita podcast. That is my website. I will link the Enneagram test to that as long uh, as along. I'm tongue tied today. Along with the shows. Uh, same Facebook handle and Instagram handle. All Status Life with Lita. Please, please, please reach out. Uh, I have had some reach out. Uh, if listening to the show, you heard the commercial uh, offering a $50 gift card for those that share their story with me and I share the story on air. So at the next show, I need to do some follow up on that because I have had stories coming in mm-hmm. uh, via email, even phone calls. I had someone in desperation call me and I'm going to unpack all that. It was fabulous. Not on the Enneagram show, but we're going to get to it okay. um, this season. So yeah. keep them coming. Before mm-hmm. I close give a quick tease very quick tease for next show oh the next show the Enneagram so we have talked about twos at length we've talked about eights at length Nikki is also an eight so Mm -hmm. I have branched out a little bit further Mm -hmm. to my absolute best girlfriends and we are going to unpack some of the other numbers Uh, so those listening who may be a seven they may be a three hang tight because we're going to get there for you we're going to talk about all the numbers how they work well together. This group of friends, these are sister friends. These mm-hmm. girls and I, we've been together just longer than I can even you know, care to think about because that shows my age. But we work really, really well as a foursome. There's mm-hmm. very little controversy. You know, we just, we, we gel. And I want to unpack that based on our numbers. Why is this friendship so solid? Mm-hmm. So they are fun personalities. Um, it's going to be really neat. Can't wait. Uh, yep, absolutely. Well, thank you again very much for joining us on Status Life with Lita, presented by Business Radio X, the, radio, the law office of Derek M. Hayes and Subaru of Gwinnett. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and Lita's Instagram, Status Life with Lita, so you don't miss any upcoming shows. This program and all the other shows are available on your favorite podcast apps. Until next time, for Lita Brooks Hayes, I'm Derek Hayes, and you're listening to Status Life with Lita on Business Radio X. Thank you.